Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Creative Contact. I'm your host, Kia Orion. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. If you're wondering why things sound a little different, it's because I'm recording out of my apartment here in Medellin, in Colombia, and there's going to be a bit of traffic noise, there's construction noise, there's birds, there's guys hawking stuff in the street, but we aren't going to let that stop the pod. You can't stop the pod, you feel me? So here's what I'm thinking. Um, Right now we've been tackling, uh, since this is kind of, I'd say like season four of the podcast, we aren't doing interviews much anymore. If you've been kind of keeping up on the pod, we started with a little bit of creativity, dove into minimalism. This week I'm going to dive into digital nomad uh, tips and tricks. I just want to go through topics about life that I'm interested in, that I'm passionate about, that I feel like I can add value to. Um, in terms of the conversation and in terms of just my experience, I talk about, I've talked about what I know and what I've lived. These aren't, um, these aren't necessarily the most philosophical podcasts. Like sometimes we would get into on the creativity piece, but these are more ideas that I've experienced or that I've put into practice in my own life. And a lot of these are going to be very tangible takeaways. I think especially right now, um, a lot of people are because of COVID and remote work. A lot of people are interested in kind of that nomad lifestyle. And so I just like talking about these different, um, aspects over the last four years that I've been on the road in terms of, um, different pieces of gear I've found helpful, ideas of how to approach life and schedule and online business and all these different pieces um, along the way that uh, I've accumulated just from being in the grind and living. Just straight exp- gems and experiences from living. So without further ado, if that sounds cool, I'm going to jump into it. If you have absolutely no interest in that, please check out the other episodes. I've got plenty of stuff on creativity, on how to make beats, on how to write songs, on um, minimalism, all that sort of stuff. But this one's going to be geared most towards travel and digital minimalist lifestyle. So let's jump into it. So this first question is um, by uh, El Dueño. And it says, other people dealing with uh, problems with police in Latin American countries. Um, This is something I just wanted to touch on real quick because um, I lived in Mexico for about a year and eight months, I'd say. Maybe I rounded up to two years, but probably a year and eight months is safe. And the police presence in Mexico is very real. It's very prevalent. You feel the presence, them just riding around, the guys with shotguns. And a bunch of folks just load up in one of those like military jeeps, just like driving around with those like big light machine guns in the back. And so that's definitely real in Mexico. And this isn't for everyone, of course, but in Mexico, um, a lot of travelers have issues with the police. Like they can be potentially as dangerous as any other person who's going to try to exploit you just because they have a lot of power and they aren't paid very well. And so there's a lot of corruption in uh, those police forces. So just be careful. Right now I'm living in Colombia. I haven't felt that police presence nearly as much. haven't seen nearly as many police. In all my experience, I haven't had any problems with police. I've had very good experience with police, to be honest. Like I've asked them for directions. They've been very kind to me, but I'm also a white male. So um, my experience, I understand, is a little bit painted by just that in life in general with police. But especially down here in Latin American countries as a foreigner, just be careful, especially in Mexico. But I haven't had any problems so far. So teach their own. Okay, moving on. Um, no permanent address. This one is by Jays6494. 
Uh, they said, sold my home. We'll be using Airbnbs for the next six months to a year. Would you have, what have you, and we sold our house. What would you do about a permanent address? Uh, here's what I do, Jay. So use someone that you know if you have a family, extended family in terms, I use my parents' address, but as well another thing that I use uh, for certain business-related elements before, I would use a P.O. box. And if you can't use a P.O. box because some people don't accept the P.O. box, you can also use... I think it's by USPS. They have an official mailbox service as well. So there are services if you want to be abroad and don't have access to a home address anymore, but still want to be able to receive mail. If you want an address for your business, if you want to be able to receive mail in regards to your business, a PO box and a USPS mailbox, both I found incredibly helpful. This next one is by Heathrow Away. Heathrow Away. Two-factor authorization when abroad from the U.S. Hey, guys, some of my banking apps have two-factor authentication, and I get a code. Other than paying outrageous international data plans, how can I access my accounts? He threw away the big – I have good news for you. Um, there's a couple. There's another question about service I'm going to tackle a little later on. But the big one I would say, first of all, is um, – uh, Google Voice, that's what I use. You set it up so you have kind of a proxy number. You can have a number that you choose from your own zip code, and then it serves as like a – it's like a – I forget what it's called, but it's like it's like a proxy. So pretty much people can call that number. You can text from that number, and it's translated directly to whatever phone, whatever number you have. But – um, some, some places don't accept that for, because it's not quote unquote, like a real number. So just as a heads up, but if you have two, that's what I do for all my two factor authentication, um, is Google voice. So check that out. Get a Google voice number. Super helpful. You can call from it, receive calls, all that sort of stuff. I believe you can also get one from Skype. I think that's something like that, but I'm not familiar with it. Okay. This one's by yonder. Do you have an ultimate goal? Are you taking things one day at a time? Or are you searching for that one goal? Do you have an ultimate goal? Um, I've said it before in here before that would always be the dream to headline Madison Square Garden. That seems like a long way off and a little bit ridiculous to say. And I sound a little bit like a fool saying it because uh, nobody really listens to my music but my mom. But I mean, it can still dream, right? And so that is something that I do think about often and I want to – um, really try to find, to start tackling more in terms of actually I'm not sure if you can even see it on my phone, but it's the background of my phone. So every morning when I wake up, I'm reminded, Kia, keep your eye on the prize. At the same time, this is um, a guy who I can go into workaholic mode pretty easily, and I've done that. I've talked about I had. As a guy who's a bit extreme, for me, the balance is more how do I live in today? How do I embrace this real life rather than living in, ter in permanent sacrifice and permanent future-oriented goal spreadsheet type of stuff? How can I – working on being more flexible because I am such a part robot and so focused on the goal that it can, it can hurt some of my personal relationships. And I've had a really difficult time with intimate relationships with partners um, – not feeling prioritized and even just not having them in my life for long periods of time because I've been so focused on the goal. So it's always, everything for me is yin and yang. I'm a Gemini. It's the dark with the light. How do you balance the long-term vision with enjoying your day to day and the process at the same time? Well, not becoming complacent, right? That's the, when you have that figured out, let me know. I pay a lot of money for that. Okay, and next one is by Tiny Tempo. 
Swin says, hoping to get out of the UK and do six months remote work in Asia, Europe, or South America. Any good suggestions? Okay. So Tiny Tempo. This one I want to talk about because, here, I think I'm a little bit too close to the camera. Okay. Or maybe I've just got a big head or both. Here's what I recommend. When it comes to, let's take these one at a time, Asia. I lived in Asia for about two years, in Thailand for about, I'd say a year and some change total, and then Vietnam for about eight months, and then sometime in Malaysia, and in Bali and Indonesia, and uh, a week in Macau. <laughs> if you know that story, you know I hate Macau. Um, and any other places, I don't, th I don't think for long periods of time, another other places in Thailand, here's what I would say. If you're going to do Asia right now, because of COVID and stuff, it's going to be a little bit more tough. I know a lot. I have a lot of friends that were in Da Nang, Vietnam, one of my favorite places I've ever lived. Um, and they left because it was the, the COVID restrictions and everything were so wonky. So I would not recommend that right now. I have some buddies in Thailand. Um, those visas can be a little bit of a pain, but still workable. And then Bali, you could do, if you want to do Bali, I have friends that have done Bali. The visa I think is like $500. It's a little bit kind of like an under the table sort of thing. You have to go through like an agency and it's, it's not the most straightforward process, but if you have the money, I think you can do a year in Bali pretty easily. That said, I would wait until things in Asia loosen up a little bit more because I don't know from the UK, but from the US, all those Asian countries, things can get a little bit tricky with the visas. In terms of US citizens, in Mexico, we have an incredible deal, an incredible relationship. Uh, I mean, it's 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 complicated, of course, and it's very one-sided in terms of this is for gringos to Mexico. But you can have a – you get a six-month visa on arrival for free, tourist visa. You can bop out of the country, come right back, get another six months. It's not um, annual. So right now in – it's not per calendar year. So right now in Colombia, in Medellin, we can have 180 days per calendar year. So that means you can have six months, but – Right now, I'm here in June. I still got here in June, and then I can leave in, do in like December, January, and then come back and stay again until June. But I couldn't um, – if you come in January, like you have to wait that other six months for the next calendar year. So things are great in terms of visas. They're very flexible, but it's not as good as Mexico. I also have some friends who, because of the pandemic, landed in Mexico, and then were able to get permanent residency like expedited because of that. So I'd say Asia is incredible for nomading. I highly recommend it. I would also say Latin America right now, just because things are a little bit more lax in terms of COVID. I think Mexico um, and I know right now Colombia, I think, I don't know about Brazil, but I, I think there are a couple other countries in Latin America that are a little bit more open if you're looking for some good nomad spots. That's that. I'll come, I'll tackle this question another time when it's not COVID specific because I have different questions when it's not COVID related, but that's for another time. This one is by Primal Yeti. Think about Puerto Vallarta. My wife and I think about moving to Puerto Vallarta for the winter and attempt to escape Canada. Um, we're open, keeping our jobs while traveling. First need to figure out logistics. Any help is appreciated. Primal Yeti, I highly recommend Puerto Vallarta. I have some friends that loved it. Like I said, Mexico is one of my favorite places I've ever lived in my life. Puerto Vallarta, it depends what you want. So I lived there for, I didn't live there for long. I lived there for just like a weekend. I went to visit, um, I went with my mom and we lived for about a week in Sayulita, which is maybe an 45 minutes to an hour away. And so you have Puerto Vallarta, which is like the largest beach city um, in Jalisco. And then a little bit north of Jalisco, you get 
um, Sayulita. Yeah, you get Sayulita, and then a little bit more north of Sayulita, you get San Pancho. And so there, and if you keep going north, like you get more and more and more of these little like kind of beach towns. Puerto Vallarta is obviously the most developed. It's the one on that side on that coast most people know. Um, it's a great place, very cool vibes. It's it's very interesting in the way it's almost kind of like built kind of up into the mountains in a way. Um, very touristy, so things are going to be a little bit pricier. But I've had some friends that lived out there for months and months at a time and loved it. Um, if you're looking for something that's a little bit more I mean, it's still touristy, but people don't know as much. I recommend Mazatlan. It's definitely not as big, but I loved Mazatlan. It's in Sinaloa, so it's even it's even more north. Um, but it's got the largest. It's called the Malacon, which is like the it's like the imagine a boardwalk. Malacon is just the name for a boardwalk. I think it's got the largest boardwalk in the world, um, and the people were really cool. It's a small, feels more like a small beach city, but it's got, it's still got that kind of beach city charm compared to Puerto Vallarta. Felt like it was mostly kind of like high rises, more of that kind of, I mean, Mazatlan definitely had some kind of bougie parts to it, but Puerto Vallarta definitely felt a little bit more kind of higher up on that bougie scale. That said, because there are so many expats there, there are going to be more people. It's more accommodating if you speak English. It's more accommodating in terms of services provided, in terms of infrastructure, um, just all that sort of stuff that you might want as an expat, especially only there for three to six months would be cool. But the cool thing is once you're there in um, Puerto Vallarta, I just mixed up my O's my Puerto Vallarta, you're in you're you're in Jalisco and you're really close to Guadalajara, which is one of my favorite cities as well. And then if you're close to Guadalajara, you're also close to a bunch of really cool small little towns and adventures, um, not too far away from Guadalajara. So highly recommend it. Enjoy my time in Puerto Vallarta. Um, if you're curious about Mexico, feel free to hit me up. I I'm in I'm enamored with Mexico. We'll put it like that. And then this one is by uh, Ordinary Genius. International data plans, travel advice. Hey guys, I'm currently traveling from Fort time to Greece from Germany. Only problem is that Wi-Fi in both places I stayed was a disaster. I don't want to make this happen again. Anyone know any unlimited plans would be perfect, but I realize it would be extremely expensive. 10 to 15 gigs would be great too. Any ideas? Ordinary genius. I've never been to Europe, I'll be honest. So I don't know for you what would be best because I just don't know that. I don't know that area of the world. Here's my approach to SIM cards, to phone plans in general. I think there are two good options. One, and this is my plan, is you just switch out the SIM no matter what place you go to. Because, And this is the thing about Europe is it's probably more expensive. So this is why my advice is more kind of Asia, Latin America related. When you're in South America and you get a new SIM, it's like $5. And then right now I think I get like 20 gigs a month for I think $10 a month. So it depends where you are. The data can be very cheap or it can be actually a little bit pricey. It's, I mean, it's still cheap in terms of US dollars, but um, here in, here in Colombia, you have a lot of plans for a lot of data. You just have to get a local SIM and then you can use your Google voice number for WhatsApp for all so all your kind of socials everything your number can stay the same but you'll just have a local number if you want to make if you want to place local calls uh, within the country in Mexico they they have a very interesting way that their cell phone plans are set up because they have I think it's called Telcel it's called Telcel and it's like they have a monopoly on the the 
data in a way on the cell phone infrastructure. There's Monopoly. So they have Movie Star, I think, is one, and they have another one I can't even remember. But Telcel in Mexico is pretty much the only way to go. And data is actually it's not it's not expensive, but it's not cheap. For three gigs, I think I was paying maybe $15 a month. Still not crazy, but still not cheap either because they you just don't have other options because it's a monopoly. That said, I have found when I was in Asia, it was the same thing. Just show up, you get a local SIM, and then you also get, uh, you just buy whatever data packages are available there, and it's normally going to be cheaper for you. Depends on the way you want to roll. At the same time, with another option that I've seen a lot of people do when they're traveling around just to make it easy is it's called Google Fee or Google Fi, I'm not sure, but Google Fi, and it's, it's, I think it's more expensive. I think it's like $80 to $100 a month or $60 to $80 a month. Definitely more pricey, but you don't have to change the number or anything like that, and I think it's a pretty much international cell phone service that you have service, I'm pretty sure, in a lot of places. I think you have better service, and it's something that you can just keep, and especially if you're traveling to a bunch of different countries, uh, you can keep pretty quickly and pretty seamlessly that I do know some people really love. I don't know a ton about it, but I would say that would be worth looking into if you are curious. I have heard that I have heard good, people have said good things, especially if you're kind of more on the road. They've also said good things about the service, good uh, things about the hotspot, the accessibility. I think it integrates well. But just for me and my style, because right now I haven't been to any European countries, and most of the time I'm a slow mad, so I'll post up in one place three, four, five, six, seven, eight months. I go, and no matter where I go, I just buy the local SIM. And it's the first thing I do, right? When I get off the plane, I'm in the airport, I pop over, boom, buy local SIM, get data for a couple of days. And then when I get out of the airport and I've kind of settled in my Airbnb or hotel, whatever, and a few days go by, I kind of get to know the city a little better. Then I'll go out to an actual distributor or cell phone store, and then I'll buy like a month-long prepaid phone plan there. Prepaid plans are much more popular down here and in Asia than I experienced than they are in the States. In the States, I feel like most people are on a quote-unquote plan, where here I feel like a lot of people do the prepaid thing. So there's just a lot more options for you. It's a lot more accessible. It's a lot easier. In Mexico, it's actually something I miss. You can just go to – they have a ton of corner stores. Imagine the 7-Eleven. It's called OXO there. You would just go to – like any, any corner store or bodega you'd see in New York City – or whatever city you're in in the States, you just go to like the small corner store and you can just re get a re-up there. You just say, hey, I want to put um, $10 for my number for the month. The little cash register person, boom, 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 puts it in. They say, what's your number? They verify it. And you're, you, it's pretty much you can, like, you can buy a cell phone package at any single corner shop bodega that you want to, which just makes things super easy. So that, ladies and gentlemen, I have to go – right now uh because i'm running a little bit late today so i'm just going to cut this one short i'm also not sure if y'all even like these small kind of q a episodes so i'm just kind of testing the waters kind of getting a vibe for what you like what you don't where you want to see this go um before when i was talking about beats people would say hey Keith, can you talk more about other stuff and i want to talk about other stuff after a while too so that's why we're talking about more than just songwriting creativity but that's obviously been on my mind a lot uh, that's something I've, I've, I've really been trying to dial in at this point in my life. I'm, I'm very focused on just like learning, becoming a better man. So I'm learning boxing. I'm learning Spanish. I'm learning how to market music. And another thing I really want to get better at is singing. I realize that's kind of my crutch is I use so much tuning in my songs because it's a very modern sound, so it's acceptable. But I would love to be able to sing more. I think it'd help me. I'd, I'd feel better just hopping on IG and singing my songs or, or just creating social media posts or whatever it is. If I, if I could actually sing better without all that tuning, 
tuning, I think I'd have more fun just creating as an artist. So I'm just in a period of growth in my life and experimentation, tossing around ideas. This last week I went to a men's circle, which is fascinating. We talked about the, uh, the kind of differences between masculinity and femininity and just, I think it's like a six week, um, kind of program where you just go every week. So I'm just in a phase where I'm a 30, I'm figuring things out and just really dialing in. What do I like to do in my life? How can I spend more time doing those things? And how can I get better at those things? Because I hopefully have many more years to go. We'll see. And I feel like that learning in that process is really where I find the most happiness. So that's where I'm at. And along the way, documenting the journey for y'all on this podcast, on this channel, and then also hoping to drop some gems along the way. If you have questions about travel, about digital nomadism, about minimalism, about creativity, songwriting, making beats, any of that sort of stuff, I would be more than happy to answer it. Please email me kia at kiaorion.com or slide in the DM at kiaorion everywhere on the internet. Appreciate you tuning in as always. Looking forward to catch you on the next episode. I'll see you there. Peace.